Does the idea of having the talk, you know, the sex talk with your kids make you anxious? I know it does me. Well, it's not an easy conversation to have, but that's why luckily we have an expert here from Children's to help navigate this conversation. There was a report recently that said that teens consider their parents the greatest influence over their decisions about sex. So no pressure at all. <laughs> it's Gina Melton with the Just Kids Health podcast from Children's Hospital and Medical Center. Join me each week as I talk with the region's pediatric experts about everything related to kids, all to keep your kids healthy, safe, and strong. Now today I'd like to welcome Dr. Tina Scott to talk about healthy and age-appropriate sex education for our kids. Ooh, this is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. I get, I'm, I'm starting to sweat just thinking about it because I have one that I've had the talk with, which went okay, and then I've had one kid that I haven't had the talk with yet. And I feel like it's just one of those things that I'm glad you're here because we can get the real information. You can get the real information. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to take that stress off. Okay. Because to some degree, what we need to do is just kind of demystify the talk. Um, the talk should not be one big talk, right? Oh, okay. It should be uh, talks and conversations peppered throughout our child's lives, our children's lives. They are... Um, curious at all stages of their lives. So um, that old birds and bees talk that we're giving to our kids when they're, you know, entering adolescence and puberty, uh, it, it shouldn't be anything more than a conversation while, you know, out shopping for school clothes or whatever, because you should have already laid the groundwork for all of those talks. Um, you know, I like to remind parents, because there is a lot of pressure on parents right around that adolescent age, that quite frankly, the only like bad conversation to have about sex is mm -hmm. no conversation. So start early and start often. Um, you have to make it age appropriate, obviously. Right. Um, but you want to have a lot of conversations about sex and sexuality and um, their bodies over the course of their lives. Do you think as parents, we're putting way more pressure on ourselves to have like these talks or this kind of talk and maybe we're making our kids nervous because that's how I feel. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because kids already, you know, television, movies, they all kind of, any kind of, you know, angsty adolescent movie has some goofy parent trying to have a conversation with a teen that doesn't want to have that conversation. Um, and we all kind of try and pretend like we're going to have to play that in, out in real life. So we put more pressure on us. We put a little bit more pressure on our kids. Our kids try and indulge us where as if, you know, we've had those conversations kind of before, like natural conversations. Sure. Um, it, it doesn't feel like such a big deal. Also, I would argue that they've already heard things from their friends mm -hmm. before we all feel like they're of the age to have the talk. Um, so we're better off to kind of circumvent that by having these conversations as we go. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, it's, it, it's as simple as if you are sitting down as a family and watching a movie and something comes up, it's okay to say to your kid, Hey, what do you know about that? What have you mm. heard about that? Um, ask them questions. That's the other piece of the talk that is, is so, um, I think, 
put so much pressure on parents is because we feel like we have to like do some PowerPoint lecture to <laughs> some, our children, some right? Dog and pony show, right? Right, and and yeah, like, exactly. yeah. Everybody sit down now on the right. edge of the bed because I don't know. We saw Eugene Levy do it once. <laughs> so what we really need to do is take uh, what their information, meet them where they're at at any given time or moment, and then we need to listen to where they're at, listen to their questions, and then give them information without being goofy about it, Mm -hmm. without being condescending about it. Um, You know, a a five or six-year-old may ask where babies come from. You can, in a very generic way, explain to an elementary school child where a baby comes from. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're eight or nine-year-old asks you that same question, you may have to give a few more details, but you have to meet them where they're at. When should we start these conversations? Because you're you're saying, you know, at five or six, they might ask about mm-hmm. where babies come from and then a little bit older. But when should we have these start the general conversations about sex? You know, sex? I would argue that we start having those conversations even as early as when they're toddlers, right? Mm. So when you're child's 18 months, two years old, and you're playing the game. Where's your eyes? Where's your nose? Um, You know, we should not leave out genitalia. Where's your penis? You know, where's your vagina? And, you know, people get uncomfortable with those words. Fine. They have nicknames. Fine. But we're still going to identify those. And and they want to learn those body parts. They Mm want to learn all their body parts. And then we teach them how to respect their bodies as they go through, uh, all of their childhood through early elementary. You know, we begin with our kids. We all do it. We, we talk about good touch and bad touch. And, and we talk about it in our offices when we're seeing our patients in, you know, at visits where they're starting to become aware of their body. Um, I have a number of conversations with parents of toddlers, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, because they're concerned that their baby's math, their not baby, toddler, early elementary school, whatever, is masturbating. Some of that is completely normal. Mm -hmm. If you feel like it's outside the realm of normal, go talk to your pediatrician. That's why we have our healthcare visits so that we can touch base with each other. Um, But, you know, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, some of that is normal. Right. And so we have to have a conversation. You know, if you see your four-year-old and he's got his hands down his pants, you have to explain to him, you know what, that's your body. No one else should touch it. But here's the appropriate place go to your bedroom go to your bathroom don't do it in the middle of the grocery store yeah um, right so yeah we start having these conversations from the time they're very little i i also would bet most of us are having those conversations and don't even realize that we're doing it mm-hmm. and that is part of um, the conversation that we have around sex and sexuality with our kids well, and speaking of that, what should be included in the conversation in general? Well, I, I think, again, ask them what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, make corrections where corrections need to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, do it without judgment. Um, recognizing that uh, sex and sexuality for kids is different yeah. for every child. And um, I, I also would encourage people to listen because... Um, there are some kids that are struggling with their sexuality. And so you have to know who it is they are interested in mm-hmm. um, so that you can give them appropriate information as well. Um, you know, the conversation needs to be around, um, again, 
it goes back to good touch back touch when they're little right when you're talking to your adolescent you still kind of sort of want to have that conversation their body is their body they have the right to say no they have the right to be with whomever they choose to be Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have to give them uh, I would argue they probably have the details so if you listen to them and make corrections um, you probably have a much easier conversation than old birds and the bees. Parenting is hard work. Parenting during a pandemic is even harder. Parenting You from Children's is here to help. With our new virtual format, you can watch short videos on some of parenting's most popular and challenging topics at your convenience. Visit childrensomaha.org slash parenting you today. Now, I have a 16-year-old, and what I'm thinking about right now is just how do I have this conversation with him and not encourage him to have right. sex, but yet have an honest conversation like, let's talk about this. What, what would you suggest? Well, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, so many parents are so fearful that if they have a conversation about sex, real sex, with their children, they are encouraging sexual activity. Mm-hmm. In fact, the opposite is true. The more open we are about having those conversations with our kids and the more honest we are about that, um, the more they put off having sex. Their sexual encounters get delayed. Uh, So first of all, we're going to get rid of that idea. Um, Secondly, it's very important to properly explain, you know, what goes where and, and, and how things work just functionally so they understand pregnancy Mm -hmm. Um, so they understand why it's important to use condoms when they do become sexually active why that's important not just for um, intercourse that we all know you know vaginal intercourse but it's important for all sexual activity so it is really important when you're sitting down again I, I always I, I do believe it's important to ask them what they know and what they think and then provide the the adaptions that actually get them to the right place. Because mm-hmm. I know when I was a kid, and bless my parents' heart, you know, they gave me a book yep. and that was pretty much the, yep, that was the conversation there. Mm-hmm. Here's the book, mm-hmm. read the book, figure out what the deal is. And, um, and so I'm trying to do, you know, I mean, my parents are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. I'm just trying to do things differently with my kids and be really honest with them. But it's it's hard sometimes. It is. And, and if you actually want to, there are great books out there. There are great resources out there. Um, the AAP has really good resources. If you get on their healthychildrens.org site, um, the CDC has great resources mm. if you get on their site. So, you know, sometimes if you want to have a visual or they feel like they need a visual, sit down with them and pull it up on a computer and show them um, the visuals. I, I'm with you. I got a I got a book that said something about a foot in a sock. What in the <laughs> heck does, does that, that even mean? mean? <laughs> And if I put my socks on, am I going to get pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, I mean, I'm there, too. So I, it's it's very important that when you're sitting down with them, if they are not understanding, you don't feel their understanding, or you feel like you need some visuals to help, mm-hmm. there are very good resources online. Don't rely on the things that they're finding for sure. Yeah. Um, and and if, if they are, you know, if the school is offering some type of, of sex ed class, 
those teachers can give you some resources as well that you can have conversations around your kids or with your kids around. And they often, I remember when they took the sex education in school, and one of them hasn't yet, but took sex, sex education, they would come home and, you know, talk about it. Yep. And they really wanted to talk about they it. They want to talk about it. And that's kind of what, you know, made my mind go, okay, you know, maybe I should be having these conversations right. with them. Well, and they get conflicted sometimes, too, because they get the information at school. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do they do when they come home from school? They talk. That's, the, I mean, that's the best time to be home with your kids, right? Or that bit of time when you first get home or they get home and they, they're telling you about their day. So they get a little conflicted because they don't, I mean, a lot of times they'll walk in and want to approach the subject, but they don't know how far to go with it, right? Mm-hmm. So then that's where we go back to listening and pulling some of the information out um, and being on the same page with whatever's happening with school, I think it's really important to ask them questions if they're not big talkers. Say, hey, you know, I I know you're taking a sex ed class. What did you guys talk about today? Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about intercourse, but they also talk about um, how to protect yourself, not even just with from STIs and pregnancy, but how to protect yourself when you're out with friends. Um, and uh, they talk about STIs, uh, the, probably the most impactful conversation uh, sex ed class that both my kids had when they were in high school and they were four years apart uh, revolved around genital warts Mm -hmm. Um, both were mortified and uh, we had we have dinner conversations (laughs) again I have two boys too so there's not a whole lot that is literally off the table we talk about (laughs) everything and we talk about it anywhere Mm -hmm. um and I, I go back to that's the way to do it. We have to normalize it in our conversation. And then they are comfortable coming home and saying, oh, my God, Mom, do you want to see what I saw today? And I am like a physician, so I'm like, sure, let me see it. Right, right. <laughs> my husband's like, ah, no, no, no I can't. You. No, no, thank uh. you. <laughs> and, and this is my last question for you, um, Dr. Scott. When you have a conversation with your kids and the ongoing conversations that you're suggesting should the dad talk the, to the boys and the mom talk to the girls? Should it be both parents? I mean, what, what do you think I don't think, that? I think every family's different. Mm-hmm. I think every family's different. Um, you know, in our house, of course, because I am a pediatrician, it, it kind of was on me, but my husband's okay talking with them as well. I just happen to be, I talk a lot and I do talk about things. I think it just depends on, on, you know, who the parent is that uh, maybe the child's more comfortable with. But quite frankly, I think everybody should talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I don't think there's a, I think it's kind of a very gender neutral conversation if we make it such. Um, I find often, you know, when I walk into a room to, in an exam room to talk with an adolescent about, you know, do the sex, drugs, and rock and roll talk, I'll say to them, are you comfortable with this conversation with your mom here? Do you want her to leave? Boys are as comfortable with their moms in the room as girls are. That's good to know. Um, as a matter of fact, my younger, or I should say maybe less mature because everybody's developing differently, kids tend to want their mothers there during that conversation um, for comfort. And that's cool. Yeah. Again, we have to meet kids where they're at. There's not a, there's not a cookie cutter way to do this. 
Well, this has just been an enlightening conversation. I'm yes, ready to go has. home and have many conversations <laughs> with my boys. They're going to be so excited. <laughs> Dr. Scott, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. And thanks so much for listening to the Just Kids Health podcast. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for more info on how we can help your child, visit childrensomaha.org and follow us on social media.